Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast. We're your hosts, Caitlin Mitchell and Jessica Kanata. If you're looking for ways to bring rigor and engagement to your middle school ELA classroom without sacrificing your nights and weekends, then this podcast is for you. Our goal is to provide you with your weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can actually enjoy teaching again. We'll help you bring the fun and creativity to your ELA lessons so that your students master the standards and you can leave school when the bell rings. Get ready to be that teacher you've always wanted to be to do great work and thrive. All right, we are back with another podcast episode on the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I love that name. It's so simple. (laughs) To the point. To the point, not creative at all. We're just like, what should we call it? We're like, that's what we do. Teach middle school (laughs) ELA. Simple. Um, And this is going to tie directly into that because this is a a specific classroom strategy instructional uh, approach that we used on silent debates. And we love this activity so much. It's going to be, I really think, your new favorite discussion activity that you're going to be using with your students. They love it right? It's easy as a teacher too. They get so much out of it. It's just a fantastic way to have discussions in your classroom. So if you're the type of teacher who just likes to try new activities in your classroom, but you don't want to spend a ton of time creating them, right? Which was me. I didn't want to spend a ton of time creating new things. Then we have the absolute perfect discussion activity for you. Silent debates. It can be used with any text, poetry, short stories, novels, informational text, doesn't matter. You could even use this in other subjects to be quite frank. You know, you could use it across the board in all different kinds of places. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk you through exactly what this looks like in your classroom, how to set up a silent debate, some maybe things that you want to think about to make sure that you include in your silent debate so that you really set your students up for success. You don't want to just like post picture or, you know, posters around the classroom with questions and say, go, right. We want to have strategy and intention behind why we're doing what we're doing. Absolutely. And so before I get into how you're going to set this up, I want you to keep in mind that you can and should rinse and repeat this activity. Yes. Right. We say that so often to our EB teachers, if you use it once and it's effective, why not use it again? (laughs) Your students will just get better and better at it. And it's a win-win, right? It's much easier for you to prep the second time around. And then they're coming up with more critical thinking answers. So I just love that. So little uh, side note, public service announcement for you there. (laughs) Okay. So let's assume you're going to try this, a silent debate in your classroom. You've got your text ready. You know what you're going to read. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to come up with between five and eight critical thinking questions that relate to the text that you're going to read or that you've just finished reading with your students. So these can be a combination of text-dependent questions or open-ended questions, opinion questions. It's fine to have a variety, but you definitely want to have some text-dependent in there. And what you're going to do is you're going to write them on a large poster board or that post-it paper that you can buy that's really huge, and you're going to put them around your classroom. The last time I did this with my students, I didn't even hang them on the wall. I just put like our groups of desks together or the tables we had in the classroom. And I put the posters on there, made it really easy. I've even side note done like printed out on a piece of printer paper, like an eight and a half by 11 posted it on parts of whiteboards around my classroom. And so I didn't even have, I didn't have poster board. So I was just like, well, I'm just going to print something out and use tape and put it up. I love that. And if you're already thinking like, okay, wait, I have to come up with questions on my own now. 
EB teachers, remember you have access to the critical thinking task cards in the EB teachers shop. There's ones for literature, for nonfiction. You can use those as is, or you can just make slight adjustments to better fit the needs of your text. So it's super easy for prep. Okay. So you've got your five to eight questions. And then what you're going to do is you're going to explain to your students that they're going to participate in a silent debate. It's literally going to be silent in your classroom unless you want to play, you know, some nice um, instrumental music or something. So your students are going to have a marker or a pen, whatever they have in hand, and they're going to walk around to the different posters. I do encourage you to explain or to share the questions aloud before they begin, just so they can start thinking about it. But they're going to walk around to the different posters and they're going to start to answer the question on the poster. So you might have three or four students at a poster and you might need to tell your students, you know, there's a limit of this many if, if they're the type that need those extra uh, directions. So they start answering the questions using evidence from the text if you're requiring it. And then they sign their name at the bottom. Okay. So it's very straightforward. And you can talk about, you know, what makes a quality response. Do you want them to have a claim, a prevident, a premise? I say evidence, that all the time. Previdence, a right? Previdence. <laughs> premise, evidence, and then justification. <laughs> so you tell them quality response. So they write it, sign their name, and then they move on and they go answer another one. And you'll have to set the expectations. You know, are they writing three responses on three different posters? Are they doing all of them? Whatever it is you think they can handle. The important thing is here, they are not just going to write yes or no, or (laughs) anything like that. Like they're giving thoughtful responses after they've answered some of the questions, what they're then required to do is go back and comment on classmates responses. So if Caitlin wrote her response on a piece of poster, well, now when I go to that poster, I'm rereading the question. I might write my own response, but I'm also going to respond to Caitlin's. So next to hers or underneath it, I might draw a line and then write a response to hers and then sign my name. I am not, and your students are not going to just put, I agree or I disagree (laughs) or exclamation points. No, we need to teach them how to expand the thinking. That's what makes this a silent debate, right? We want it to go back and forth. So I'm going to share some sentence stems with you that you can share with your students. I encourage you to print these out, have them around your classroom so students can refer to them. It really does make a difference. So you can encourage them to say, I thought that as well because, or I have a different way of looking at that because I'm confused. Are you saying that blah, blah, blah? Or another example of this is, And it's now taking that conversation and going deeper. So if I use one of those sentence stems and I respond to, you know, Caitlin's answer, now someone else might come along, read both of ours and say, wait a second, I have something else to add. And they can add a line and write their response and their name. So students are now going around and reading all these different threads of the discussion and still answering the main questions. And it's really cool to see how those discussions develop. And I have to say that as a teacher, I loved participating as well. Students really like to see you walking around and responding to some of their answers as well. It just makes it, you know, a little more engaging for them and it holds them a bit more accountable. They know that you're (laughs) going to be reading the responses right away. Totally. Um, So you set the time, you know, is this a 20 minute activity? Is it 15 minutes? And then you're going to check in with your students. I know with my students, we'd always start with about 15, 20. And then I'd say, okay, how are we doing? And they'd say, no, we need more time. Like they love it. And they wanted Mm -hmm. to keep going. And so why not? Right. 
So I set that time. We wrap up our discussions. And then what we do is we gather back as a whole group. I might take all the posters, put them in the front of the room or not up to you, but we have them reflect on their classmates answers. So maybe you structure the wrap up discussion as, you know, what was the strongest answer you saw or what was the answer that you saw created the most debate or what was the best evidence you saw? So they're really thinking about their classmates responses. Again, such a fun activity. Like Caitlin said at the beginning, it can be used with any text. We're going to actually walk you through an example pretty soon and then rinse and repeat it. Your students, again, will get better and better at this. You won't have to spend time explaining the directions. You'll just say silent debate, go, and they are going to be ready for it. One thing that you can do as well to elevate it, like if you have, you know, upper level students, Uh what I did with my eighth graders is I would require that they respond to a certain number of questions or all of them, depending on what I wanted them to do. And I also timed them. So they would only have so much time at each place. So I could keep things moving along, you know, eighth graders, you know, they're going to want to talk to their classmates and take their time. Um, So I would do that as well. So just something to keep in mind that you can absolutely do with the older students, with the fifth graders that might cause them to be like (gasps) a little anxious. (laughs) Yes, they would have been. Mine. Yeah. Something else I'm going to throw in there before you get into um, some more parts of this. I just really like this activity because especially with the younger kids, discussions or debates can be a little intimidating. And this gives every student an opportunity to participate, right? You're still counting it as a discussion participation point. And so it's way easier to just write something and sign your name as totally. opposed to like raising my Raise hand, your hand. Up or a Socratic, yeah, seminar. A Socratic yeah. seminar. Yeah, absolutely. And that's really one of you, know, one of like the main win-wins, right. Of this activity is it's a great activity for students to discuss, but it's also that opportunity, like Jessica said, for quieter students to be able to actively participate in a discussion. You know, I know when I'm doing Socratic seminar with some of my students, I have that one student who just won't participate or raise their hand. So I have to spend time like you know, talking that student up and amping them up and letting them know this is the question you're going to answer. Make sure that you have it prepared the night before, which they need to do. Right. But this gives those students a different opportunity to express themselves in a discussion type activity. So that's one of the win-wins why we love this activity. Um, but then also on a smaller scale, like students are basically writing a text dependent essay in, you know, a response instead of writing it. Full essay, they're writing just the basis of that, right? A claim, a premise, a previdence, a, previdence. <laughs> a claim, prevent, I almost just oh said it. <laughs> a claim, premise, evidence, and justification in their responses. So if you have your students writing responses to six different questions, in theory, they're practicing writing six different text-dependent responses using that framework that we teach in our EB writing program and to our EB Teachers Club members, right? Were you going to say something else to that? Well, I'm just thinking like, how cool is that? You're really spiraling review there. Like you are getting them to master that standard. (laughs) I know. I love it. And it's such a great opportunity to address the counterclaim standard, right? When we have to teach that to our upper grade students, when they're offering a different perspective on the same question. So you might actually require your upper grade students to hold a diff or like find a response that they can provide a counterclaim for. Like perhaps that's one of your requirements that makes it more challenging for your older students. So just love this activity for a multitude of reasons. With that being said, we want to give you um, an example. And this is apropos because it's Thanksgiving time when this episode is going to air. So these are examples from our silent debate activity from the two Thanksgiving Day Gentlemen, which is a short story by O'Henry. It's a great unit to teach this time so of year. Good. I think we have a whole, we have a whole unit, unit on it. And actually on the 
the questions that Caitlin's going to share in a second come from that unit. So if you don't want to come up with your own questions, you can just grab this unit and you're good to go for your silent discussion. Totally. Yeah. So write these down, (laughs) Uh, write these down um, as well. So you can use them with your students. So for two Thanksgiving day, gentlemen, these are four questions that we would have used for our silent debate. We actually, I did this with my fifth graders. I know you did this activity with your fifth graders, the whole unit. Um, So the first question is, why is it important to preserve traditions both among family and friends, but also among institutions, schools, companies, et cetera, and a nation? Another question is, how do traditions evolve and why do some stop? Third question, does the story contain an epiphany for any of the characters or for the reader? Explain. And then the last question is use evidence from the story that proves or disproves this statement. The characters in two Thanksgiving day gentlemen live in a society where there is quote unquote freedom from want. So really thought provoking questions hard, but we use these with our fifth graders. Mm -hmm. So you could totally use them in fifth or eighth. If you're going to go ahead and grab that story to use with your students. And I want to point out that if you listen back to those questions that Caitlin read, There is a variety there. Some are text dependent, some are opinion based. And like she said, yes, they're challenging, right? Like that one about, you know, how do traditions evolve? Why do some stop? Students might say, like, oh, I have nothing to say about that. But if you just give them that little hand holding and say, well, think about traditions at our own school, you know, what are some things we've always done? How do you think those started? you're going to be surprised at what kind of discussions they come up with. It's really cool. And that's why it's so important, like you said, to remind everybody to read the questions aloud to your students before you send them off for the silent debate, because that's where you can clarify or add, you know, that little extra that Jessica just shared for that particular question for your students so that they can, okay. Like when I get to that question, I, at least I have my wheels turning and I understand what she wants me to do. Right. Yeah. So with that being said, that is our silent debates activity. You're going to love it. I know so many of our EB teachers club members use it with a lot of our resources. We use a silent debate as one of those rinse and repeat activities. Um, so if you aren't an EB teachers club member yet, I'd love to invite you to join us on the wait list, become an EB teacher, a part of our family. We provide you with rigorous and engaging lessons for your fifth or eighth grade ELA classrooms but also a supportive community to make sure that you get to thrive in the classroom, but outside of the classroom, right? That's our motto is be, do, thrive, be the teacher you want to be, do great work and thrive. And that's really what the EB Teachers Club is meant to do for you in your life. So if you go to ebacademics.com forward slash membership, add your name to the wait list, and you'll be the first to know when we open the doors for enrollment again. All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll see you next week on the podcast and happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy. (laughs) All right. Bye everybody. Bye.